Welcome to another episode of the Forging Excalibur podcast. My name is Michael Laurier, your host, and today I have a very special guest. His name is David Icke. He needs no introduction, but I will introduce him anyway. David Icke is an international speaker and author of over 20 self-published books. He's well known around the world as a conspiracy theorist, yet many of his so-called conspiracies have come true. And in the only authorised documentary of his life, he's called The Madman Who Has Been Proven Right Again and Again. David Icke, it's my honour to welcome you to the Forging Excalibur podcast. Thank you. And uh, for one of the few times, I think um, we can compete with your weather in this country. (laughs) (laughs) It's a scorcher. Uh, midsummer, of course, and uh, is it so really? If I uh, we're not exactly midsummer, we're coming up to it, the twenty first. Uh, but yeah. um, so if I, I start getting dark patches on my shirt, you know what it is. <laughs> I'm not sweating under the pressure of the questions. It's a pressure <laughs> of the heat. I'll keep that in mind. We get we get <laughs> 40, 40 degrees Celsius days here and and plus here in here in Melbourne um, in right. the middle of I'm summer. Not sure so we can compete with that today, no. Oh, really? Oh, well, hopefully you don't have to. David, I wanted to start this interview off a little bit differently. So I would imagine that from what I know of you, and I've watched quite a few of your interviews, and I've been following you for many, many years, I would imagine that based on what I know of you, that you actually take no pleasure in being proven right again and again about the things you've been predicting and talking about for the last 30 years, do you? None whatsoever. Um, No. Uh, you know, people say uh, you know you've been vindicated, uh, and and you know, in kind of strictly literal terms, that's true. But um, the idea of what I've been doing all these years, and other people have been doing around the world, is to head this off. Um, but I always knew that it was going to have to get really bad and really obvious before enough people um, woke up to the fact that this is no conspiracy, it's actually, or theory, it's actually true. Mm. Uh, and and we, we are kind of getting there uh, faster than people realize. Uh, for instance, um, in this country, they've been using this figure of 5 million people uh, who are anti-vaxxers and have refused the covid fake vaccine um and they've been pushing that five million five million because the smaller the number is the more they can demonize it and focus attention against it uh, it turns out that it's something like 18.5 million have not had the jab and something like 30 million have not had the full set because they've realized after they've had one or two that they're not having any more mm-hmm. uh, and there's just been a, a survey in um in canada which um, 44% of those that were surveyed uh, said that they believed that major events like wars and recessions and such like are actually orchestrated by a shady cabal um, that is working against humanity. So when you look at that, you look at all the censorship to stop this information circulating, uh, and all the demonization, and yet we are making tremendous progress. But the progress has been made massively so. I mean, it has been building. I mean, I remember what it was like 32 years ago. I mean, don't start me. It was just impossible <laughs> to get any of this stuff across. But it has been building and building and building over those 32 years, but it's just exploded. 
in the COVID era because basically uh, what has been going on under the radar, behind the scenes, in the shadows, um, increasingly uh, was put on public display. And uh, so, and it, and it fundamentally started affecting people's lives, obviously, not least in Australia. Uh, and uh, so a lot of a lot more people have um, started to grasp that actually the world is not like they thought it was. So we are making progress, even though that which we are uh, challenging and exposing is uh, making progress also. Mm. Do you feel like it's 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 fast enough, given given where things are headed? I mean, we can go into Agenda Twenty Thirty and all sorts of different things, but do you believe that it's that that, that we're making progress fast enough to turn the tide to get to to be where we need to be? Well, is it f- as fast as we want it? Absolutely not. No, but because I've been doing this for a long time. I've got perspective of what's happening now compared with what it was like. And I can tell you that uh, from 1990, when I had my first uh, awakening to this, 1991, when I exploded open, uh, and then through 92, 93, 94, right to the end of the 1990s into the new millennium, uh, trying to get people to see that this was coming was very, very difficult and very, very challenging. Uh, Whereas now, uh, I mean, you know, I, I would be ridiculed in the street. Uh, I'd go down the town where I live and I'd be ridiculed in the street. Um, going into a bar or something like that was just impossible because it was just, uh, well, I did it anyway, but I mean, it was just um, all kind of uh, ridicule and dismissal and what have you. And now um, I'm stopped in the street all the time. You know, I, if, if I walk from here to into the town, and it's only a, a town ride of about 25, 27,000 people on the Isle of Wight off the south coast of England. Um, well, I did it yesterday and I was stopped three times mm. just getting five, six, seven minutes walk from here. And very uh, different, stop, stopped for very different reasons now, I would imagine. Yeah, being yeah. stopped, people wanting to uh, say, Thanks for what you do. Uh, keep going and um, and asking me questions about current events. Uh, that is a, an absolute transformation. And the point the point too is it's the kind of people that you know people that you you wouldn't normally expect to be involved or interested in this because they're just regular people. They just go about their regular lives, but they've started to get streetwise um, in the last two and a half years. To, to how the world is very different to what they thought it was. And so uh, the, the, the progress actually compared with, and it's all about context and comparison, compared with 1990, and onwards is fantastic actually. But mm. if, if I was someone who had come into this arena more recently and realized what was going on, then my perspective would not be from what it was like in 1990. My perspective would be what needs to happen to make a difference. And from that perspective, I can understand why people say that not enough people are waking up. And and they're not in terms of the numbers you need to push the the dam down. But compared with what it was like, phenomenal people and numbers of people are waking up. And the longer this goes on um, and the more... It impacts on people's lives like this stage we're in now is to massively impact upon uh, people economically. Um, The more people will basically 
what people are looking for um, is a getaway car. It's or have been up to this point and still are in large numbers. And what I mean by that is they don't want to face what's going on. So they're looking for a getaway car to explain um, why the conspiracy version of what's going on can't possibly be true. And this can manifest itself, and it does, in vehemence against people who are exposing it. Uh, and the reason for that, it's the same psychological principle as shut up, change the subject, don't want to talk about it. Because if I talk about it and I think about it, there's a heck of a chance that I'm going to realize that actually I can't go on denying it because it is um, it is actually true. Um, so there's a lot of denial going on. But like I say, the more it's put in people's face, like it has been in the last two and a half years, mm. the less power that denial has, because you you basically run out of excuses. I mean, if you look at the, the way the global economy has been demolished since the, the lockdowns kicked it off, um, you can't, you, you, you're going to have to be seriously self-deceptive if you are going to explain that, A, by randomness, and B, by pure political and economic incompetence. Um, you, you reach the point where that can't, explain it anymore and what's left after that is that it's being done on purpose and i saw an interview recently with a billionaire in america a new york billionaire who's into refining and he's got a lot of assets in the food industry and he said someone is trying to destroy america and He'd taken some time to get there because you're looking at incompetence, like I say, uh, you're, you're looking at uh, maybe just a series of random events that can come together to cause something to happen. But it, he'd run out of answers. He'd run out of explanations. And what he now realizes is there's some force that is actually trying to destroy America, American society and the American economy. So when you've got people in that, if you like, quote, class, who are starting to see it, um, then um, you know that uh, you really are starting to get somewhere. And this is where this massive hysterical censorship comes from. You know, the whole foundation of human control, because you, you're talking about a few controlling billions, is to control the perceptions of the billions. And you do that by controlling the information they receive to form those perceptions, which then dictate their behavior. And uh, so this whole um, censorship that's going on, I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous now. The mildest questioning of almost anything in the system narrative is censored. It's, oh, not, it's not from yes, a point of, view of, um, of, of strength. They're not doing it because they're strong. They're doing it because they're weak, because mm. their narrative will not stand up to scrutiny. So they just have to stop the scrutiny. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I had my team ask me uh, the other day, they said, what are you going to do with that interview with David Icke? They said, what are you, you can't put it on Spotify or iTunes or YouTube or anything. What are you going to do? And I said, I'll find a way, but, you know, I'll, we'll find a way. And it's like, I know you have had all your social media 
closed down and shut down over the last couple of years, haven't you? Yeah, it happened in 2020. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I crossed the line when I said there is no COVID uh, in, the, in April um, 29, uh, uh, 2020, uh, April the 6th, mm. 2020. And um, once I said that, it, it, it all went. Um, they they um, tried to cover that fact by saying it was because I said COVID was caused by 5G. No, no, right. I said 5G can uh, instigate similar symptoms to what they're calling COVID. That's what I said. Um, but they, they twisted that and said that's why he was banned. It wasn't why I was banned. I was banned because I said there was no COVID. That's never been shown in any scientific paper to exist. Uh, that that was the the line I crossed, and you know what you can do, and, and people have to make their own choices on how best to respond. Um, what you can do is say, well, if I say this, they're censoring me. If I say that, they're censoring me. So I won't say it, mm. um, and that's the choice. Okay, you can do that, but there, there's there, there's a road that comes from that, which in the end you don't say anything. My, my view has always been, uh, or my personal view, I'm going to say what I believe to be true and the rest will take care of itself. Uh, and so uh, you, you say that you'll get censored. Well, I believe it to be true, so I'm saying it. And then uh, let, let the censors respond to me instead of me responding to the censors because I'm the one with the power, not them. I'm the one with the power because I don't want to censor anybody. I don't want to censor all the abuse and ridicule that I've had. I don't want to censor any of it because once you start censoring people's ability to have an opinion, even one that can be proved to be wrong, then you're giving some authority the right to decide what's right and wrong and what can be heard and not heard. Um, and, you know, this is the thing that's missed in the whole freedom of speech debate. The right to be wrong is the fundamental uh, or a fundamental foundation of freedom of speech because of this, um, what comes from it, which is that if you don't have the right to be wrong, then someone's deciding what's right and wrong and what you can hear and can't hear, and you have tyranny. If, if someone is saying something that you believe to be wrong, then produce the evidence in open debate and circulation to show that they're wrong. Now, um, that's what a free society would do, and that's what a strong society would do. But we don't have a strong society. We don't have a strong um, cabal. We have a very weak one, actually. And the reason they therefore have to um, censor on the scale they are more and more all the time, as more and more people wake up and see the game, the censorship increases uh, with it. It does, very, doesn't it? It does. It does. Those two things are absolutely connected because um, the more that people wake up, the more people there are to to post uh, uh, information to get people to see uh, a situation in a different light. So the more there is to censor. So these people are on the run. It may not seem like it or, you know, he's, he's censored this, censored that, can't go on this now, can't go on that. They're on the run because if you... Um, are secure and confident in what you're saying, then you're very happy for the free flow of information so people can challenge what you're saying and, 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 and people can make their own mind up. If you know that your narrative is a lie, and these people obviously do, 
then the only way that you're going to stop it being exposed as such is by censorship. And that's that's why they're doing it. And that's why they're weak, not strong. Mm, yeah, very good points, David. Very good points. I'd like to... I'd like to ask you a question. So people ask you all the time about the things that you talk, the, all of these things, people ask you questions around everything that we've been talking about and more, but I'd like, I'd actually like to ask you about you, you know, tell us about David Icke, the man, the father, because, you know, this goes, what you do goes beyond activism and, and it's much deeper than fame. And, and I know you're not seeking personal significance. You know, there's a depth and substance there that I see that perhaps others may not. And you know, I think you fight this battle on a very different plane of existence altogether, don't you? Well, I, I'm, I'm coming from a point of view of observing this world rather than as much as I can, not getting caught in it. And, and this is a, something that has been part of my life in the last 32 years. See, if you, if you look at the books, I think there might be one, The Trigger, which is all about what really happened on 9-11. It wasn't what they told us. Um, but the rest, every book where I'm talking about the conspiracy, the names, dates, places, connections, conspiracy, um, the nature of reality is included in the book. Because with if you only have one, it's like if you go down the so-called new age route, um, you have people that are talking about expanded reality and expanded consciousness, but overwhelmingly they reel back in horror when you start talking about a conspiracy and they say things like, oh yeah, but you'll make people frightened if you tell them that. Well, um, that's a choice to be frightened. Uh, you can take this information and be frightened by it, or you can take this information and be empowered by it by knowing uh, how the game is played so it doesn't play you as it has before. Um, and by the way, um, if you are saying as the new age is, you've got to let go of fear, well, yeah, yeah. Well, so, so what's this with you can't talk about a conspiracy because you have made people frightened? I mean, how does that fit? So you've got that where spirituality, as you might call it, is used not as a means of change and um, uh, evaluation of life. It's used as a means of escape from causing change and that reevaluation of life. And then on the other side, you've got those that are absolutely focused on the five sense conspiracy, as I call it, the names, dates, places, connections level. And if you only stay there, all you can see is fighting the enemy, stockpiling weapons and what have you, um, fighting the enemy. And you, it's all a, a five sense, what I call body-mind level of perceiving everything. And from that level, if you look at it, um, current events, only from that level, then um, it's very difficult to make a case that we're going to get out of this. Um, but if you bring the two together and you, you uh, use um, your exploration of spirituality to realize actually that what we call um, the human is only a tiny, tiny fraction, smear of who we really are, and it's only a brief experience, and the true I is consciousness, 
It's, it's that which is having the experience and only part of that consciousness is having the experience. The other massive levels of us are observing that experience um, and are not caught up in it. So you can have um, two very different within the same consciousness. You can have two very different perspectives of, a, of the very same situation. So, for instance, I've used this analogy before. You are um, canoeing down a river and you have decided in your five sense body mind, you want to get to this point on the river by nightfall. And, and you, you are canoeing along and suddenly you spring a leak and you've got to kind of get to the shore as best as you can. And you sit on the bank and you're fuming because your five sense perception has not been fulfilled. You are not going to get to that point on the river because you've got a hole in your boat. And then somebody else comes over to you and says, hey, mate, you were bloody lucky there. He's just round that corner. Big waterfall. Did you not know? Um, and but some other level of you did know. And if you listen, if you come from that perspective, that panoramic perspective that is not caught in this five sense label ridden identity, then you can um, you can see things, you can connect things and you can intuitively know things. Like if you get into that intuitive knowing level. You don't need your boat to spring a leak. You just intuitively know, look, I, hold on, I'm going to get across to the bank. I'm going to get some, uh, I'm going to get some more information about where this river's going. Um, because I just feel something, I just feel here somewhere that I shouldn't go on uh, at the moment. I should find out more. Uh, uh, but but when you, you're not that in that sensitivity, then your other levels of consciousness can manifest actually events that your five senses experience, which is a hole in your boat. And we think that's a random event. It's not. It's something that's been created to stop you going over a bloody waterfall. And if you listen and see the signs, then you can navigate life. You can navigate the, the maze in a way that you can't if you just go five sense everything. So from my point of view, um, I'm looking at um, the the picture from a from a, the, this level of awareness, the observing level of awareness, and everything. <laughs> you can you can see how the dots connect, and you can also see what the fundamental um, foundation of all of it is: the conspiracy, and that's to isolate human attention in the five senses in the body mind that that's the whole foundation of the conspiracy it's all about perception control perception manipulation and focus control so um we are told to self-identify the i with the labels of a human life like i am ours i call them i am a man i am a woman i am our this sexuality i am our this race i am our this religion whatever uh, and what you're doing when you when you focus your identity at that level is you're identifying and self-identifying with limitation. At that level, it's an I can't world. It's an it's not possible world. Uh, and yet um, it, it, it's all uh, uh, possible and, and it's not limited. 
once you realize that you are not limited because you are not those labels that you identify with. You are the consciousness, ultimately uh, infinite in nature, that is having that experience. And so you can see the way that this focus of attention on labels, label self-identity, phantom self, I call it, um, is being made more and more extreme now because there is an awakening going on. More and more people are going through this process of awakening. Awakening from what? Awakening from five sense perception alone. So they now start to see dots connecting instead of just dots. Um, and you um, therefore have the um, pressure going the other way from this cabal, this global cult, as I call it, to focus attention on more and more myopia and subdivisions of the previous self-identity labels. So this is why we have this list of letters that's getting longer and longer all the time, LGBT and on and on it goes, where people are self-identifying the I with the minutiae, the absolute minutiae of their sexuality and sexual preference. Um, and what that's, do that's doing, it's focusing attention um, in, in a way that's making people self-identify uh, uh, with smaller and smaller and smaller versions of themselves. And, and as you, um, you, you get smaller and smaller in your self-identity and self-description, you're pulling yourself out the other way from going into expanded states of awareness. So th this is what, what, what we're seeing. We're seeing people going more and more into the myopia. This woke mentality is absolutely des uh, um, designed to do that. And at the same time, you're seeing other people who are going the other way that are opening uh, their uh, consciousness to great and greater uh, insight, possibility, understanding. And this is why you see this, and it really became uh, obvious during the COVID years, is that there is this chasm opening up between those who are going deeper into the sleep and those that are coming out of it. That's what's happening. Uh, and uh, it's those that are coming out of the sleep that are going to bring this down because they're the only, the only people that can. Mm. So in terms of consciousness then, I mean, I've heard you talk about this before um, on other interviews that you've done. So when you talk about consciousness and you talk about this expanded awareness, and I was, I'll share something with you. It's only been the last five years or so. I'm 48. It's been the last five years or so that I've been really cultivating connection with intuition, my own intuition. And as I've started doing that, I've realized expanded, just an, an, an expansion of my awareness and beyond the self beyond the as you talked about the i and then you start to perceive things very differently and i have also noticed that as i've been doing that it's almost like i've been calling in other people who are doing exactly the same very similar <laughs> you know and and i've heard you speak about That's exactly how it works it's exactly how it works isn't it vibration frequency energy um and you know and that real connection with some people might call it our higher self. They might call it source. They might call it intuition. It actually doesn't matter what we call it, does it? It's just, it's just this connection that we all have with each other, and with the universe, you might say. Yeah, yeah and, and beyond the universe. And I mean, beyond, yeah. 
if you if, if it's interesting if you if you look at the world that we live in and we perceive the world of the scene which is just a narrow band of frequency so tiny as laughable that we can actually see um then it's a world where everything seems to be apart from everything else and that's because the five senses decode reality like that so in this band of visible light as we call it the sight senses can see the frequency band of what we call form things so i'm looking around me now i can see a couple of lights i can see a window i can see a computer um but between them is empty space to my five senses but actually it's not empty space it's consciousness it's energy and therefore everything all these forms that appear to be apart from everything else as i appear to be apart from other people we're actually connected through this field i call it the field of um energy consciousness and so we are in so many ways um uh, communicating with each other on that level all the time and the more sensitive you get the more that communication becomes obvious it's like you know in the uh still in some societies today like in africa uh, and uh, other places they have what they call the bush telegraph where um people out in the in in the bush or out hunting or whatever are aware of things that are happening back in the village they'll think something's happened in the village we've got to go back and so how does that happen because um every time we think every time we feel we are generating a uh, frequency we generate we're broadcasting a frequency and the frequency relates to the uh, nature of the thought and the nature of the emotion so uh low vibrational emotion like fear classically depression etc uh resentment hatred all these things they're very low frequency they that and, and and when when people are in states of depression they'll say oh i feel so heavy today well they they literally do because those frequencies that are generated by by that feeling are making the energetic field around them including their own energetic field which interacts with their field like uh, a computer interacts with wifi um they um are uh, very low frequencies and so they are they are vibrating the energy field uh, of themselves um in in a, a very slow low wavelength and it feels like heavy and then when people feel love and joy they say oh, i feel so light today because those frequencies are very quick and they 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 make the uh, energetic field very much um uh lighter literally than uh, the, the 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 alternative uh, and so all the time we are interacting with this field now if this cabal and this is what the cabal wants it can make this field that we're interacting with like the wifi field um very low vibrational by infusing into it um a low vibrational emotion etc then we are being uh we are interacting with that low vibrational field and it's very very likely to affect us if you want to affect all the fish at the same time then you affect the sea and you got him it's the same thing here so um trying to 
control this the frequency in that the field that we're interacting with is a fundamental part of this but if you um open your mind from just five sense reality and you start to connect out into the great beyond then you start tapping into that frequency and you start becoming a vehicle a broadcaster of that frequency you connect with it because of your self-identity if you self-identify with being ethel on the checkout at the supermarket and that's all i am then that's the frequency you'll operate on and it was it'll be a very low frequency because your sense of limitation becomes limited frequency but when you start self-identifying with being all that is has been and ever can be having a brief human experience then that self-identity uh, taps you into that level of awareness and now you become a vehicle for it. Now you are broadcasting into the field this high vibrational energy uh, and, and you're changing the field. This field is an interactive phenomenon. It affects us, but we can affect it by our, our nature. So this is why this cult wants low vibrational uh, states of being it wants all these uh, depression, fear, hatred, conflict, all, all these things, war, because it's not only um, is the field then affecting people to pull them into those level, uh, low levels, those people are generating those levels, those levels of frequency. And so one's empowering the other, and the whole thing goes down. But as people awaken, and awakened through the heart, then um, we are now um, challenging that uh, low vibrational state in the field by raising its frequency. And as that frequency is raised, then that higher frequency starts to affect more and more people who are um, interacting with the field. And, and they, they start to think differently. They start to see differently. They start to feel differently because they're being affected by changes in the field. This is what's going on all the time. So what is the Bush Telegraph? It's simply the, uh, the people out in the, in the bush tuning in to the frequencies that are being generated by those back in the field, back in the, uh, in the village rather, through the field. And because when people get really close um, in relationships and family relationships, when they're close and they are they are open, then the communication between them um, becomes very, very powerful. And they just know something is happening to uh, another person, even though they're, they're nowhere near them. And so you get this phenomena. You know, how many times have we heard this? I've heard it so many times. Um, you, someone rings someone, maybe from the other side of the bloody world sometimes, come with some of the stories I've heard, and the person picks up the phone, hello, oh, hello, it's Jim in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bloody hell, I was just, I was just thinking of you. So, okay, I was just thinking of you, and the phone rang, and it was you. What the hell? What, what is going on exactly? Yeah. What's happened is the guy in Australia was thinking of the guy in England because he's about to ring him. And the guy <laughs> in England has picked up that frequency of the guy thinking of him because he's about to ring him. 
And as he's thought and, and tapped into it, he's had this thought about, oh, you know, I wonder what happened to Jim in Australia or whatever his name is. And bing, bang, the, um, the phone rings and it's Jim. What? Miracle. No, not a miracle. It's the way uh, things work. I was uh, filming recently in, um, in Scotland and um, I was with a, a producer um, and, some, and the crew uh, from Iconic. We're doing a, 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 a couple of films. And um, I'm sitting in the back of the car uh, driving through the Scottish countryside. And suddenly, out of bloody nowhere, I, I get this song in my head, which goes, Speed Bonnie bold like a bird on the wing over the sea to sky, right? A, a, an old uh, the, the Sky Boat song, right? But where that coming from? Anyway, so we carry on. About five minutes later, it starts again. I'm thinking, why am I thinking of that? So we get to this stone circle, right, where we're about to do some filming. And the producer is, is standing next next to me uh, in this stone circle, just, you know, literally, you know, 10 minutes after I've had this second uh, uh, thing in my head. And she starts singing. She she start, just starts singing. She goes, speed, bunny, bold, like a bird. Oh, well. <laughs> I said to her, what? What made you sing that? She said, I don't know. It's just going around my head, right? So you, 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 this communication is going on all the time. And the more sensitive you get, um, the more uh, often and powerful it becomes. But when you go into this desensitized, focus only in body-mind, what are you doing? You are literally shutting yourself off from the field in terms of sensitivity so you're not having these experiences which you perfectly could have if you would um, open your mind your self-identity and see that the world's not like you thought it was you know this leads me into something that i wanted to ask you about because i i told a friend of mine that i was interviewing you and uh, and he said oh yeah that's that reptilian guy i said well there's a bit more there's a bit more to him than that and uh, anyway he he googled you and he had a look on wikipedia and, um, and he said, do you know that he's spoken for nine and up to 12 hours straight in front of people? And I said, <clears throat> no, I didn't. But I said, I, and because he, he's, he's a speaker, and he said to me, how do you think he did that? And I said to him, and I'd love for you to confirm this for me if you could, but I said to him, I would say that David is probably very connected, very connected. And what he's, and when he's speaking for nine to 11 hours straight, it probably doesn't even feel like that long for him. He's just a conduit for what's coming through him from a higher place. Yeah, it, you, 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 you don't. It doesn't feel like ten to twelve hours, and you know, you, you get through twelve hours, ten hours, and you still scratch the surface in terms of what the you know the detail you could add is why why I write the books as well. Um, yeah. So w what you do is you um, accumulate knowledge. Uh, through what I might call five sense research. Um, but there's some other level from which, and it's this level, which sees how the dots connect. That's the level that fuses the, the knowledge together into a, um, into a tapestry where A leads to B, leads to C, leads to D, connects to A, connects to B, connects to C, connects to D. Uh, and so when I... Um, when I'm writing the books, for instance, I, I'm, I'm obviously checking facts all the time, but there's a field of energy around me when I'm writing as well. 
um, which is kind of um, guiding the flow. So when I start writing a book, um, I might have a title and I might have a, a theme in my head of where I, I think it might go. But once you start, it goes its own way. Uh, it's there, there is a, a guiding force that's that's saying, look at this, look at this. Now, now look at that. You see how that connects to that? This, this is happening all the time. And there's many times that um, I've been on a stage and um, uh, or in an interview like this. And I've said something and I've thought, well, that's interesting. Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> right. Um, mm. uh, uh, because there is. You, but but, but they get, then again, are you connecting with some external entity or are you connecting with expanded levels of yourself? Um, because it's like infinity is broken up into all these different levels of awareness. Um, and what connects you to one uh, is your self-identity and your uh, um, willingness to open your mind. So uh, you um, you look at um, the way that we interact with uh, the the world reality, and you can see that there are different levels within the human entity that connect us with different levels of um of consciousness so the head for instance it, it doesn't have to be it can uh, it can expand also but overwhelmingly it what we call the intellect is just focusing on the five sense world then you've got the gut which is basically where, the, where, where we feel emotion um and and you have these vortex points in the the human energy field called chakras after they Sanskrit word meaning wheels of light. And these seven major chakras, there are others too, um, are um, inter interpenetrating the energetic fields. Uh, and um, how far they penetrate and therefore how far they've penetrated into influences our uh, perception, dictates how awake or asleep we are. So um, if you... Um, have uh, low vibrational emotional states, for instance, um, fear. I mean, why, why, do, why do people uh, uh, feel um, like what we say, you know, they get the shits when, um, when they feel nervous? Because the, the chakra for um, emotion is, is in the belly. That's why we feel emotion in the belly. Uh, in the, oh, I've got this, I've got this piece of lead in the pit of my stomach, you know, because of what's happened and all that stuff. And if you go into low vibrational emotional states, then then that low vibration means that you only connect with that vibration and therefore are only affected by that vibration, which means you can go into a an eddy of, of low vibrational emotion feeding low vibrational emotion. So people go through their lives always in that state. Then you've got the, the head and, and the intellect that that's focusing on the five sense world alone overwhelmingly this is where you get academia from academia and mainstream science with honorable exceptions though not that many really uh, they're all um imprisoned in the head and so unless they can see it touch it taste it and and what have you then it can't exist but then you have the heart chakra here and this is the one if it's opened that can take us right out there into um the realms of knowledge, insight, awareness, that this will never, um, never 
tap into. And this is why the head thinks. For the head, the intellect, to come to a conclusion, there is a sequence of thought leading to the conclusion. Um, whereas intuition, where do we feel intuition? When we're saying, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, people go, look, mate, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And then when they say they know, they go, I know, I know, I just know. Why? Because the body language is pointing to where that is coming from. And so when you get intuitive knowing, it doesn't come as a sequence. It comes as a package. The whole thought or the whole intuitive knowing knows. It, it doesn't have to conclude. It knows and it comes as a package, not as a sequence of thought leading to a conclusion. And the reason for that is that this taps into those levels of awareness that do know. They don't have to work it out. They know. And if you tap into them, you can know. Whereas the head has to work it out. And that's why it's thinking and going through a process of thought to a conclusion, trying to work it out. So if you take that across academia and mainstream science overwhelmingly, you've got people trying to work it out and often trying to work it out from the perspective only of the five sense world and under the pressure of knowing that if they go beyond that five sense perception in their conclusions, then they're going to lose their funding and they're going to get ridiculed by their peers in mainstream science who are stuck in the head also. Um, and so when you open your heart and you go into those levels of knowing, uh, then uh, you are always going to be at odds with normal because normal is actually stupid. It's incredibly limited in its perception of everything, thus in the way it does things. Uh, so uh, when you open your heart, that's when you if, if you go with it and you speak its truth, you know, you're going to get really killed and, um, and and abused. But would you rather do that or just be a sheep in your head or a sheep in your belly? Uh, this is the um, this decision that people have to make. Uh, and so you've got basically three types of people. You've got those that just believe what authority says without question. You've got those that don't believe without question, but fear not doing what authority says because they fear the consequences of not doing it. They're people stuck in the belly or what will happen if uh, I, uh, I, I say what I really think and don't do what they tell me or stuck in the head, what authority says is true, I must believe it. And that leaves the third group, which can see it because they have um, expanded beyond the, the five sense prison cell, but they also won't cooperate with it either because um, they're coming from the heart. And when you come from the heart, you, you let go of this prison that people live in called fear, because this knows that we are all that is, has been, and ever can be. It knows that we are having a brief experience called human and and that um, life is eternal. Consciousness is eternal. And, and this is just a brief experience. Uh, and there'll be another one along um, uh, uh, eventually, pretty soon. Uh, and from that point of view, 
the fear of what might happen to you in this brief little experience within your eternity um, takes on a very different perspective to when you think um, this world is all there is. This is my only life. So um, um, whatever happens here is all, all, all that I am. Then your perspective of authority and intimidation is very different to when you open your heart and you realize that um, there is nothing to fear. Um, and the only thing that causes us to fear is that we're manipulated to fear through ignorance. Mm. It's a very different perspective that not a lot of people are actually willing to take on for themselves, that there is more beyond the five senses. There's more beyond the physical, because I think for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, we've been very well conditioned, very expertly conditioned to believe that this is all there is, our five senses, and there's a hierarchy and we just have to, we have to live within that hierarchy and pay attention to authority and that's how it works because anything beyond that takes away the control that uh, the hierarchy wants. Yeah, so people might just uh, reverse engineer that. Absolutely, they could. And ask why. Um, we're in a situation where we do have a hierarchy where the peak of the hierarchy has got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller with every passing decade going back hundreds and hundreds of years at least. Mm. Um, you know, uh, we've gone from the tribal situation, making decisions about the tribe to the uh, accumulation uh, and absorbing of many tribes into a nation. Now a few people at the center of the nation are dictating to all the tribes. Then we've gone into the European Union and these trading blocks and what have you, um, whereby a few people are now dictating to all the nations that were formerly all the tribes. And this centralization and centralization of power, which has been very systematic, not random, um, uh, we've even given it a name, globalization. Uh, has um, reached a point now where um, wealth in the world and power in the world has been a well, the perceived power in the world has been accumulated into the hands of a ridiculously few people. So this um, treaty that the World Health Organization wants um, and has been pushed back a couple of years by the rejection by African nations recently, but they're the, the provisions of the treaty, they'll be getting those in step by step anyway. Um, that's the way they work. So what would happen if this treaty became uh, law? Um, every nation in the world uh, that's affiliated to the World Health Organization, which means almost all of them, would be dictated to in terms of whether there's a pandemic that would be uh, decided by the World Health Organization. Um, and the response to the pandemic, lockdown, whatever, mass mandatory vaccination, will be dictated to by the World Health Organization. So what's the World Health Organization? It's an organization created by the Rockefeller family on behalf of this global cult in 1948 to control under one roof the whole global um, health policy, which is what this treaty would finally give them. They've been working towards this for a long time. Um, who owns the World Health Organization now? Well, um, Bill Gates officially through funding, but he's just a gopher for the Rockefeller Foundation uh, and, and the Rockefeller family. Um, uh, and then you say, well, 
what else dictates global health policy? Well, um, the big pharma pharmaceutical cartel. Okay, your Pfizer's and Moderna's and all these people, Johnson and Johnson. Okay, so who created the big pharma cartel in the first place? Oh, J.D. Rockefeller, the oil tycoon. Uh, and 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 so you just look at that tiny, tiny number of people in eight billion that would be dictating the entirety of health policy virtually for everybody from a central point. This this in all areas and subject areas of our lives is where this has been heading all along, because the few can only control the many if the few control the points of decision making. The more diversity of decision making you have, the less control any small central cabal can have. There's too many points they have to control. They can't do it. So they don't want devolution of power. They want centralization of of power. So in this um, reverse engineering process, I would invite people to, uh, to, to go through why and how did that come apart, uh, uh, um, Come about? How and why? It's because it's systematic. So if you um, are going to create a hierarchy where the few control the many, you have to keep the many in ignorance of what's really going on. You have to get them to think that this incessant centralization of power is random and just the way things are, it's the natural way things go when it's all kind of uh, fundamentally um, manipulated. And uh, so when you are stuck in the five senses, then you perceive this five sense hierarchy in a certain way. But when you start to awaken from that prison cell and you start to enter expanded states of awareness, Those insights get you to see a panorama of the hierarchy that you couldn't see before. And you realize what's really going on, that actually um, it's a prison cell for the human population by controlling their perception and and therefore dictating their lives and dictating their behavior. Um, And so that it is in absolutely has no interest, this cult, none. It's terrified of. People realizing that this tiny band of frequency we call the world, that's all it is, is not all there is. It's only the level that our five senses are aware of. In fact, beyond the the walls of that uh, perceptual uh, prison, infinity exists. And that infinity is an infinite expression of us, which... um, in the human experience is just a focus point of attention. This body, as we perceive it, decodes energy information in a way that focuses our attention in this tiny band of frequencies. So the tiny band of frequencies becomes the world, all there is, because that's all through five sense perception we can perceive and uh, decode into a apparent existence. And so the, the focus of attention has to be constantly, constantly uh, underpinned throughout a human life so that you don't break out and start to see, hold on a minute, 
that's only a fraction of what there is and I am. Look at what we really are and I really am. So you look at the education system and it's focusing attention on the five senses. You look at the exams and, and, the, and, the, and the curriculums, they're all five sense phenomena. Uh, you look at uh, the vast majority of, um, of, of education at the university level, it's five sense phenomena. And if you go out of the five sense phenomena, then you are crazy and, and you're not to be taken seriously. It's it's a um, a constant barrage of information, abuse and ridicule to keep you focused there. So people who are focused on this tiny band of frequency uh, and disconnected, therefore, from the infinity beyond it, they're the people that say, look, mate, I live in the real world. <laughs> right. No, you don't. You live in a tiny band of frequency you think is the bloody world. Uh, and, and so because of the and this is part of it, too, because of the ridicule and abuse that people get when they break out of that norm of myopic perception. Um, the great majority, even though they think things, they won't say them. And me being a stubborn bastard uh, uh, is uh, won't have that. So if people want to ridicule me as much as they like, I mean, you know, be my guest, uh, you know, abuse me, be my guest. I don't want to censor you, by the way, because for the reasons I've said, but you just go ahead and do it. But you know something? I ain't going to stop me at all. Because <laughs> the next time <laughs> I open my mouth, I'm going to say what I believe and not what you want to hear. Uh, and, and if more and more people do that, then we break the stranglehold of information and therefore we start to break the stranglehold of focused attention as people realize actually there's more to this than that david i could speak with you for hours but i want to respect your time and i i really appreciate this i have three questions three, three final questions for you that some of my followers have actually asked me to ask you okay. and I've, cherry, I've cherry picked these because of course there's been the standard questions, but I actually love these three questions and I hope you don't mind. Do no. you know, do you know how much you're loved and admired around the world? Well, you're, you start to make me cry now. Um, I, I've, I've, I've never really thought about that too much. Um, I, I, I sit here in this little room and turn it out. Um, and uh, but when I get out there, I, I, I'm, I'm very moved by um, by people, what people say to me in the street, really. And um, it's um, it, it, it's very moving to me. Yeah. And, and it makes um, everything that I've done and experienced um, worth it, because that's the reason you do it. You know, when 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 someone says to you, you changed my life for the better. Well, I mean, that's a gift, isn't it? I mean, that's a gift to me because that's the point of doing it. Yeah, uh, so many people that I've spoken with uh, when I said that I was interviewing David Icke, they said, oh, I've, I've heard his interviews. He is such a beautiful, connected man. And and it must be just heartwarming to hear that stuff. It must be because you've gone through some stuff over the last 30 years. You know, when you went on um, national te television on the – what was the show, the Wogan show, I think Wogan it was, show. in 1991 or something. And That was uh, it. Sorry? It was – Yep, yep. I would imagine that the ridicule that followed you after that and the abuse that was hurled at you after that 
would have been mind-blowing. Yeah, it was. It was historic, really. I mean, for years and years and years and years after that, I couldn't walk down the street without being laughed at. Yeah. And uh, comedians only had to say my name uh, on telly and they got a laugh. They didn't need a joke. I was the joke. Um, but, you know, something drives you on. And what was, I was that thing? what was that thing that drove you to keep on going? Well, it's it, it comes from somewhere else. You know, if you only operate in the five senses and your five sense level of what you see as your total eye is abused and ridiculed on that historic level of, um, of scale, then you can it can destroy you. But when you're coming from a point of view that this is just a brief experience in the exploration of forever, forever, then it it doesn't hit you in this in the same way. But um, what I've what I've done, I've got a book. It's just coming off the uh, printers now called The Trap. Um, and I'm really, really pleased with it. The first three um, chapters of that are actually biographical. And I go into some of this stuff and. Um, how it affected me and how it didn't affect me and why it didn't affect me and where it where in the places it did uh, and then it goes on into deeper and deeper and deeper levels until we're we're really into the levels of you know how big is this trap is does it end at, at what we call death or does it continue if we continue in a particular frequency band um, of uh, perception it's, a, it's it's very deep but it, it, it was a very therapeutic thing for me to write those um, three biographical chapters because it, it brought back so many memories and, and feelings uh, of, of that time. And it's like everything. You know, you, you look back and you think, well, how did I get through that? Mm. But you do. You of do. Course. That's the point. You, you, you do come out the other side. But you only do it if you keep putting one foot in front of the other. If you stop and feel sorry for yourself and start going into victim mode or you stop because you trying to explain to people why they're why they shouldn't be abusing you well you know you you're going way off the path then you just keep going you keep going and what what i found um at kind of this you know writing those three chapters kind of uh, reminded me of this is the the the, the abusers that have come in and 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 had a go and tried to stop me and all that stuff and ridicule me and then they kind of go and then another group come in from some other uh, point and they have a go and this has happened over and over again through the last 32 years and um but you keep going boom 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 and eventually you wear them out because they know they're not going to stop you so they can continue if they like but they don't have any more success than they have before uh, and and you literally wear them out simply because you won't stop. You keep going, bang, bang, boom, boom, uh, and you keep going because you know what the outcome is planned to be, and it's an outcome you don't want to see a worst enemy experience if it can be avoided. And you certainly don't want kids and grandkids and everyone's kids and grandkids to be uh, uh, living in this. Uh, beyond dystopia that's planned so you do everything you can to um to alert people to it to to bring about a realization that it can be headed off and it can be because you've only got to look at numbers it's simple mathematics get you know people get yourself a, a calculator 
put eight billion people in eight billion and then take off um, those in absolute knowledge of what they're doing in this cult as opposed to the compartmentalized um, uh, ignorant ones who contribute to something you don't really know they're contributing to and um, you won't be left with many less than the eight billion you started out with if you take off the people in full knowledge of what they're doing so in pure mathematics um, the only way that this can succeed is if we concede to it and allow it to happen so it's uh, and and this is why again they uh, work so hard to keep from people what's really going on all the censorship exactly what's going on now and like i say the more they awaken the more they have to censor to 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 stop this coming out because um the only way that that can succeed the few can concede in what they're doing with the many is for the many not to know what's actually going on and who's behind it and why. Um, mm. But so, so once you know what this outcome is planned to be, um, you, nothing will stop you. Well, nothing will stop you continuing to do it and doing it more and more as best you can. And this is why, uh, you know, over the years, I've been pretty shocked sometimes to see people come into this arena, um, talk about it for a bit, and maybe become flavor of the month for a, a short time and then they disappear well how can you disappear you know you, you know you've got some idea what the outcomes plan to be how can you disappear how can you walk away from it how can you sleep at night you know i i don't get that um once you know you've got to keep going because um if you don't what you know is planned is going to happen the idea is to stop it. And uh, we can, we can, but only with a understanding where we're being taken and two understanding what is being suppressed within us that allows that direction to go on. I would say that out of those two things, the most important thing for people to realize is what is being suppressed within us. Yes, you, exactly. You agree with that. Yep. 100%. Mm. Yep. Okay, what? Um, this is the second question. So, what's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for you, David? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. L lots of people have done lots of nice things for me. Um, um, so, uh, well, there's just there's just too many, really. Um, well, that's know, good to hear. That's a good problem to have, isn't it? Yeah, they <laughs> people are very, very, very kind. Um, yep. uh, there's some that are not, of course, but but a lot of people are very very kind, and and that's what happens when you awaken. You 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 start to find um, this uh, kindness, this ability to tap into what we call love. It, it, you you you're able to to come from that direction, and what you're looking for is win win situations, not win lose. So it's not a case of how can I screw this guy to get the best benefit for me? It's, well, sometimes if you're looking at the justice of a situation, this guy should, should, should have it all. And I shouldn't have any of it because if you look at the situation justly, he's the one that's made it happen. So he should, he should get the reward, not me who's not made it happen. Uh, and, and it goes the other way with personal sovereignty where you say, well, look, I've done all of this. So 
I, I deserve this. Um, and and you, but you're looking for win-win situations where um, people get their, their just benefit. And also, of course, you know, when someone's in trouble and um, you can help them or you help them, that's what this does. It's mm. not a case of, well, you know, you've fallen to hard times. Well, that's your fault, mate. Um, I'm just going to walk the other way. Are you happy that Gareth, your son Gareth, is following in your footsteps? Yeah, well, not just Gareth. Um, he's doing great. Um, uh, Jamie, has, uh, my other son, has uh, just done amazing things creating this platform called Iconic. Um, the like of which uh, I say there's nothing like it in the world because of the range of subjects and films and documentaries and news shows that it does. And my daughter too, Kerry, I mean, she's a real stalwart um, uh, fighter for freedom as well. And, uh, and my brother Paul uh, up in Leicester, he's, um, he's the same. It's, it's kind of in the genes, really. It's in the family, uh, by the sounds of it. Well, it's in the genes or it's in the consciousness, I don't know. But Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and the, the interesting thing about that is that uh, I never – push this stuff on any of them. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I don't think a parent is there to indoctrinate. A parent is there to support, you know, and if uh, my um, if my children had wanted to go off in another direction, um, I might have had, a, you know, my opinion. Well, you know, I, 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 have you thought about this? But I certainly wouldn't have said, look, um, I'm telling you, you ain't going to do that uh, because, you know, we bring children into the world, but they are consciousness. They are consciousness and they have to go their own way that they uh, choose to go. But so what's happened is that um, they've chosen to go in this direction. Uh, and, um, you know, they're, they're doing fantastic. And it's, it's great, great support for me. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful to see the iconic um, uh, progressing uh, all the time, um, given how um, how short a life it's had. It was only about two and a half years it's been going. And that's mm -hmm. down to Jamie and it's down to uh, the presentation skills of Gareth. And it's um, it makes me very proud, really, uh, that um, my family is so unified in wanting to make a difference. Yeah, that's wonderful. And that's a testament to your uh, level of fatherhood and parenthood as well. Well, you know, like I said, you know, my view of, of parenthood is you support your kids um, and you kind of guide your kids from your own experience, um, but you don't dictate to them and you don't tell them what they um, what they should and should not do and what they can and cannot do in that sense. Mm -hmm. When they're younger, you, you know, you're, you're protecting them from things they're not aware of, but as they as they become their own um, people, then they have to be allowed to go in their direction, in the direction they want. I mean, how many people are, you know, me mother wants me to do this, and me dad wants me to go into this. Well, well it, that's none of their business. Their business is to support you in what you choose to do. Uh, and, um, and the other th the thing about uh, bringing up children, in my view, is we shouldn't be um, protecting our kids from every upset and every emotional challenge and every problem. We shouldn't be doing that because I think that does them no favors whatsoever. And you, what you what I see more and more is parents that are trying to protect their kids from everything. 
And so when they leave the nest and they go out into the world, they have no emotional um, structure, strength to deal with the world that's not going to treat them like the parents have. So they, they, they kind of fall apart. And if, if you notice um, from a psychological point of view, what this system has been doing now with the younger generations and all getting older all the time is um, attempt to turn out weak people, emotionally weak people. And when you're emotionally weak and you, therefore you're frightened of your own shadow and you're frightened of everything, then you're looking all the time to authority to protect you from what you've been manipulated to fear. So weak people, fearful people are just fodder for the system to absorb them and to uh, control them. Whereas strong people, um, they don't want to be protected from this, that and the other because they can deal with it. Uh, they can deal emotionally with situations because they've, they've had them. So, you know, when my uh, when my kids were growing up, it wasn't a case of just running around and, you know, protecting them. You know, daddy's here now. Mummy's here now. It was OK. Well, we're in this situation. You're in this situation. I'm going to support you, of course in 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 what's happened but uh you've got to deal with it you've got to emotionally deal with it um because no one else can and what happens is when and this has happened with my with my kids anyway is when they go out into the world they have these emotional these emotional strengths which allow them to deal with um with what goes on and and the challenges that they that they face and you know because of all the ridicule and abuse that I uh, uh, have had, they've had to deal with that as well. Mm. You know, it, while I was on the Wogan show, my daughter and my son, uh, uh, Gareth, they were, they were going to school every day. Oh, right? wow. What, what was that like for them? Well, obviously, obviously it was a, it was a yeah. nightmare because they, yeah. were, they were ridiculed as, as well. Uh, 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 and and uh, so, but what it did was make them strong people. Of course. Right? Yep. So yep. It, it, what, what, what life, uh, you know, I've, I've said this many times, um, life gives you your greatest gifts, often brilliantly disguised as your worst nightmare. Uh, my greatest gift was all the ridicule I went through because it, it allowed me to let go of the fear of what other people think, which is the prison that most people live in. And the ridicule that uh, my kids went through as a result of what happened to me it gave them the ability to let go of the fear of what other people think. So um, I, I have uh, children who are unique people in themselves. They're not clones of me. They are unique people. And that uh, any parent look at their kids and think, you know, I've got my kid is their own person. They're their own unique self. They're their own unique perception. And they conclude what's going on through their own mind and their own processes and they don't just take it off the peg and just because some authority figure tells them what to think doesn't mean they're going to think it uh, and that that's the the greatest gift i think we could give uh, our children is the um ability to be their own unique self and not what society tells them they must be yeah i totally agree david i totally agree 
Uh, Forging Excalibur, this is my uh, men's coaching brand that we have and we're worldwide as well. And we are an absolute – I want to go back to what you said about society creating weak people. We, we support men in the creation and the emergence of their own powerful strength and encourage them to step up and be leaders of themselves and their families and maybe even communities if they choose to do that. Do you think men collectively these days are strong and powerful or submissive and weak or something else entirely? Oh, I think they're being pressured to become submissive and weak. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did note uh, quite a, a few times uh, during the COVID lockdown era and the protests how much women would, were the, the, the drivers uh, and not men. And um, see, you look <laughs> at um, testosterone levels, sperm counts, all these things, uh, they're falling and they're falling dramatically. Mm-hmm. And it's being done chemically. It's being done through the, the smartphone radiation and, and, and other different ways. Um, and this whole thing about toxic masculinity is to make um, strong men who say I'm not having it um, feel that they're, they're somehow strange and uh, uh, kind of monster-like. To, because masculinity um, is that which says we're not having it. And you can have masculinity in women too, um, who um, they, they, they may be female in every other way, but when it comes to I'm not having it, that masculine side of it, you want to use that word, kicks in, and they won't have it. Uh, so uh, the more that they can diminish this, masculine response the more that they will be able to control and if you look at um the woke male um, oh thank you they started david they are incredibly weak people mm. um, and that's what they want and if you look at the pushbackers um around the world um and you look at the males of the pushbackers then they are strong men as um, men once were in much greater numbers. See, what they're doing with the American military is they're woken, uh, wokenizing it, um, and they are diminishing the masculinity of the American military systematically, while in China they are um, insisting that masculinity is, is ever more infused into their military. Um, so... Uh, the, the woke mentality is actually about making people weak, making men weak and making people in general in the woke mentality emotionally weak, where everything is, a, um, is an emotional upset. Uh, and uh, so uh, and we, get, and we get offended by everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that feels like, to be honest. <laughs> being, not being offended because... This is the whole point. Um, it's not what people say to you and do about you. It's your response to it. You know, I'm offended. Okay. Well, that's a choice. You have, you have not been caused to be offended. You have chosen to be offended. Because if someone said to me, what they've said to you and you have chosen to be offended by, 
I would say, well, thanks for sharing that with me. Have a nice day. And it would go in one ear and out the other. Uh, so being offended is a choice. Choose not to be game over. But that's what strong people, not just strong men, strong women, strong people um, do. They are um, in their own. Uh, they've got their own self-security. They are secure in themselves. They're not looking for external confirmation of their security. Um, it's like you know uh, the BBC. You were brilliant, darling. What was I like? You know that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> instead of saying, "Well, you know, I was I was good there, and I don't need someone to tell me I was good because I, I I knew I was. I know I was." Um, or maybe oh, I don't see something. Someone tell me I made a mistake there. I know I did. You know, it, it's that's what security does. It's honest with itself, but it comes from within. It doesn't need external confirmation of itself. And this is why so many um, insecure people end up in places like Hollywood and entertainment is because they're seeking this external confirmation of their own um, self. Uh, and, and that's what wokers are doing all the time. Um, and those that are what we call what I call pushbackers, they tend to be people who are strong within themselves. So. People can say what they like about them, but it doesn't affect them. It goes in one ear and out the other because they know that that's not true. That's not true or that's not true. So why should I why should I be affected by all these things being said about me that are not true? People say to me about, you know, so and so said this about you. How are you going to respond? I said, well, I'm not. <laughs> why should I respond to an idiot? I mean, what? What benefit is that to me? None. What benefit is is it to the idiot? None, because they won't realize that uh, what they've said is a nonsense. So there's no point. So I'm just going on with my life. <laughs> well, what will people think about them saying that? Well, if people are so um, lacking uh, self-respect that they will believe what this nonsense is uh, is saying without even checking it, then why should I worry about what people like that think of me? Why? Uh, what matters is what we think of us, honestly, what we think of us, not what someone else thinks of us. And um, what the, um, the way the world has been taken is that people are constantly uh, in fear of what other people think of them. Mm. If I say this, what will people think? Well, from my, my thought processes um, go, this is what I think of this. Doesn't go on, what will people think of me saying this? This is what I think of this. End of story. There's, there is no other aspect of it. And so how people respond to me for what I've said um, is up to them. That's their choice, and, and rightly they have that choice. But I'm I'm not going to be affected by it. Um, you know, I'm this, I'm that, and the other. Oh well, thanks for sharing that with me. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Uh, and, and once you step out of that fear of what other people think, all the mental gymnastics goes. Which oh god, the mental gymnastics that people go through today before they open their mouth, especially in a work situation or a communal situation. Ooh, uh, 
what, what, can I say this? Should I say this? Oh, yeah. All that stuff. It goes. You just open your mouth and what you believe comes out. Uh, and um, that's the way that it, information circulates and doesn't get um, censored because the worst form of censorship is self-censorship because not even a debate about whether it should be said or heard it, it goes on. You just don't say it. And that's what this intimidation is all about. It's what this woker intimidation is all about. It's intimidating people into staying silent so that their view has no platform whatsoever because they're not going to express it. We mustn't fall for that. I've seen. Have you heard of Matt Walsh? He's just. Yeah, he's just... Matt Walsh. He has a very good um, uh, documentary, really. What is a woman, right? That's right. I'm, I've, I watched it the other night and, um, and he's beginning to be censored. He had a. He was on Doctor Phil. He had an interview with Doctor Phil, and there was a. I won't go into all of the details, but he had an interview with Doctor Phil, and it was on YouTube, and it got taken down. It got taken down because he talks about how. Well, you know what he talks about, and and yeah. people can watch the documentary. And his whole interview, his whole appearance on Doctor Phil got taken down off YouTube, and it blows my mind. It just blows my mind the amount of censorship and and suppression that's going on worldwide everywhere you're used to it you know it's been it's been going on for you for the past 30 years um, um it's crazy isn't it yeah but if we go back to what i said earlier why was walsh's interview censored because the trans activist version which which is why the cult funds trans activists via people like soros um their narrative is so insane, so at odds with reality, physics, science, whatever you want to call it. Biology. It's absolutely unsupportable and undefendable, mm -hmm. which is why it's so easy to take it apart. Um, so if you're going to defend it, there's only one way you can do it not let anyone criticize what you're saying. So that's all that people hear is what you're telling them. That's why it's there. It's not from like, I repeat again, it's not from a point of strength. It's from a point of weakness, a point of fear. Yep. What's yep. gonna happen to our agenda if people are allowed to um, have the free flow of information? Well, it's going to disappear, it's going to collapse. That's the truth and they know it. That's what the, the censorship's about. And this whole, um, um, this whole transgender thing has so many aspects to it. First of all, the agenda is for a no um, procreating human, where humans are produced technologically um, in the way that, you know, Aldous Huxley talked about in Brave New World in 1932. Uh, and the, the species is planned to be produced by AI. Uh, you may have seen a story this week about um, scientists, I think it was in China, um, I guess it would be, uh, who've, who've produced a, um, a cloned pig without any human input, just been done by AI. Yep, so uh, this is where it's going. Um, this is where they're going. And uh, so um, the reason that they are, another reason that they're targeting men, and when they started targeting men quite blatantly, I said, they'll come for the women next. And they're coming for the women. And the reason they're doing that is that in a no procreating society, a no natural procreating society as we've known it, you don't need men and you don't need women. 
because they're, they're not um, heading for human 2.0 as a transgender human. It's a no gender human. And what's happening, and this is why, you know, the, the, the transgender activists um, have no clue. I mean, the inner core will, but the vast majority of women have no clue how they're being played like a violin. What's happening is they're moving step by step uh, through the transgender phase to the no gender phase. And what they're doing is why they're targeting the young, particularly who will be adults when they want to bring this full, this in full blown is they are confusing their perception of gender on the road to fusing gender. So um, there was a, a survey um, in the last week or so um, in America that showed the dramatic increase in young people who say they um, associate themselves or identify themselves with a different gender. But the difference between the states that were uh, run by Democrats, the complete un, um, undiluted wokery, and those that were run by Republicans um, was dramatic. The, uh, the increase in transgender identification in the um, Democratic states was dramatically greater than in the Republican states. So obviously, there's not a natural phenomenon going on here. There's an indoctrination phenomenon going on here. And it's to confuse the kids, to fuse the kids to the non, uh, uh, no gender human. And this is why the sperm counts are dramatically falling among men, because they're phasing out human 1.0. All these, all these dots across all these different elements of society uh, connect um, if you go deep enough into it and you know what the outcome is planned to be. Some people might ask, and, and some people might ask, what's the purpose of this? What's the purpose of creating a genderless society? Well, it's just, uh, the, 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 well, I mean, we, we, could, we could talk for uh, ages longer about the, the stages that, that they're going through. Um, what they want to do is to absorb human consciousness into AI and yeah. cyberspace. Yeah, That's what the metaverse is all about. This metaverse mm, yeah. uh, with Zuckerberg, who's just a gopher um, uh, for the cult. Uh, and um, it's, uh, it's to draw consciousness into, into cyberspace and into AI. This is why people like Ray Kurzweil at uh, Google, um, this so-called futurist, uh, is, uh, has been predicting for a long time that um, the human brain will be connected to AI by 2030. And that once that happens, AI will do more and more of human thinking until human thinking, as we know it, is negligible. And that indeed, it completely snuffed out in truth. That's, what, that's, where, that's where the game is. Uh, and they're, they're changing the nature of human in stages to go down that road, which ends up with um, a complete assimilation of human consciousness into, into, into AI. Um, um, they're just stages they, they, they're going through. And the human 2.0, by the way, is planned to be a far more synthetic uh, entity than the biological human that we, we, uh, we, we know of and have now. And uh, this is, you, you'll notice that everything's becoming synthetic. They're, they're making synthetic everything, synthetic blood, synthetic trees, synthetic everything. 
um, because they're turning the world synthetic um, for reasons I explain in the books. And uh, so uh, you've got the synthetic mRNA being infused into people through the COVID fake vaccines. That's not an accident. That's by design. It, uh, and it's self-replicating mRNA, um, which is changing the nature of DNA. They said at the start, oh, no, mRNA can't change DNA. Oh, yes, it can. I said at the time, yes, it bloody can. Now they're admitting that it can. And it is. Uh, so um, all these things connect. Uh, and and it's in terms of, you know, seeing what the truth is, we've reached the point of mendacity now where there's a very simple criteria for that. Take what authority says on any subject and reverse it. That's all you got to do, basically. Yep. Whatever they tell you, reverse it. And that's what the truth really is. Uh, and if people try that, they'll see how accurate that can be. Not every last time, but overwhelmingly, that's where you'll find the truth. Reversing what they're saying is true. Mm. That's why um, Jacinda Ardern, this cult-owned former Tony Blair aide, Prime Minister of New Zealand, she's, she said infamously a few months ago, basically, um, if the authorities don't say it, if we don't say it, um, it's not true. Um, only what we say is true. And anyone, anyone else says, by definition, is not true if it contradicts what we say is true. In fact, the opposite is the case. Reverse everything they say and the truth will look you in the face. David, we could speak for a long time and I know you could as well, but we won't because I know we are on the clock. So one last thing, what do you hope to see in the world before you physically pass on? Oh, the whole thing coming down. Yep, oh, of course. Yeah, the whole the whole the whole structure of human control coming down, and humanity awakening to its true nature, um, which is nothing like it thinks it is, and um, I'm not leaving till that happens. End of story, by the way. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing you around for a lot longer, David. Oh, I you thank will. you. You will. Sorry? You will. <laughs> thank you, David, for being on the Forging Excalibur podcast. It's been amazing. Thanks, mate. It's been a great pleasure. See you. Stage one, you create a problem. It could be uh, a manufactured virus. You want a reaction and you want them to either say, do something, or you want them to accept what the authorities suggest must be done. So one of the agendas is to massively cull the population. They want to reduce the numbers.